Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ghost and Spurs Cast, episode 558. My name is Paul Garcia and I am the host of the Spurs Cast. Joining me for this episode is Project Spurs' Benjamin Bornstein. Ben, how you doing, man? I am fantastic, sir. How you doing? I'm doing well. You know, Ben, uh, a lot of the uh, Vegas predictions and different statistical models uh, didn't think the Spurs were going to be a very good team this year. Really early, but they are actually off to, they're actually one of four teams left as you and I record this on um Tuesday evening that are actually undefeated uh, to start the year. So I, I know it's been an easy schedule and stuff. Uh, what have you thought about their, their play just to open up the season at 3-0? If you're Vegas, you hate to see it. <laughs> They're only, what are they, 33 wins away now from somebody's prediction. I don't know if it was Vegas or 538, but somebody yeah, had, some of them had 36 them. wins. And uh, I don't think that they will, I don't think they'll win less than 40 Four forty-five. So uh, I don't know. I've liked what I've seen so far. A lot of people were. I was one of those people. I was very upset with Demar Derozan after the first game, but he really picked it up those last two games. So it's hard to be mad about it. Um, and as our good friend Mike Delion says, uh, Demar Derozan will not stand for this slander. Um, <laughs> yeah, and he, he showed he did up not. in that Portland game. Yes, he definitely showed up in that Portland game. Granted, I thought that was a game that the Spurs should have won much more easily considering Portland was on the second night of a back-to-back. Spurs had a lot of rest, and they were up by 19 at one point, which is funny because Portland was up by 19 at one point. Yeah. Spurs come back, they swing at 38 points, and they go up 19, and then they let Portland get a sense of – confidence there get a little boost and they were within four and I think the end result was plus three so a game a game that the Spurs probably should have won more easily but otherwise I mean they they're fine they're it's three and oh you can't complain about three and oh yeah so so let's go ahead and, and, and jump into this so so uh last time I recorded with Michael I mean not with Michael with uh, Steven Anderson a week ago uh the Spurs had barely started the season where they beat the Knicks so Steven and I went into detail about that game so since then, they've actually played two games. They beat the Washington Wizards, uh, like we mentioned, on Saturday. They barely beat the Wizards at 124-122. Their three-point defense really had a tough night there. 
Then on Monday, uh, like, you, like you just said, Ben, they beat Portland 113-100. Uh, and this is a crazy game, like you mentioned, that the, the 38-point swing really between both teams, where Portland goes up by 19 um, just four, I mean, just six minutes into the game. The Spurs take a lot of time, but then by, finally with 548 left in the game, the Spurs are up by 19, and you think it's, it's going to be a blowout victory for San Antonio. They're going to you know, end the night easily. Nope, Damian Lillard would not stand for that. Lillard basically goes on his own scoring run uh, where he scores the last 18 points for Portland in a row. And Portland gets within one point at a, with the 110 left in the fourth quarter. And, and the Spurs, though, do hold on. They make the stops defensively. Really, I would say Portland also just missed shots because they had, they had several chances to, to kind of tie it or take the lead. Uh, but the Spurs do hold on. And like we mentioned, Ben, they're 3-0 and now. Um, and because, you know, it's really early in the season. There's only been three games. I am going to focus a little bit more on, on individual games at, at the start for the Spurs cast uh, to start the year. Once we get more data, you know, like 10 or 20 games into the year, then we'll start kind of looking at the overall picture of the Spurs. So I kind of just want to focus about this game, Ben. Uh, let's first discuss their offense, the Spurs. Um, they score 113 points. Uh, one good sign you're seeing early on is that they're scoring in the paint a lot more this year. They got 54 points, efficient points from the paint. A lot of that is due to Demari, not De, De, Demari, uh, De, DeJounte Murray, should I say, his penetration ability. DeRozan had a good night getting to the rim and getting into the, the, um, the paint as well. Uh, they got 24 points from the free throw line, so you're also seeing the free throws um, uh, increase. They're still a very low-volume three-point shooting team. I think at one point last night, Portland was outscoring them 24-0 from the three-point line, but the Spurs did finish with 21 points from three. Um, and then they, and then one thing that's a good sign, in my, in my opinion, I, I know that a lot of people, um, some people still like the mid-range, but I'm not a mid-range fan anymore. Just I read, you know, I read books about the mid-range. And uh, the Spurs are slowly decreasing their points from the mid-range. They only got 14 last night against Portland, and those are, of course, inefficient points. Uh, leading scorers were DeRozan with 27. Like you mentioned, Ben, he had a really efficient night along with, um, uh, yeah, in 33 minutes. Derek White comes off the bench, puts with 21 points um, along with three assists in 26 minutes. He had not done that. He had only done that in his career five times, scoring over 20 points in a regular season game. So that's a good sign that three games in, Derek White's already given you a 20-point night. LaMarcus Aldridge had a tough shooting night, but finishes at 15 points and three assists. Um, Brent Forbes, 14 points um, in 29 minutes. Patty Mills, 12 points, had a really strong game off the bench, 22 minutes. And then DeJounte Murray... We found out from Pop that he is on a, on a minutes restriction plan, but even in those minutes restrictions plans, he finished with seven points, eight assists, a career high, and in 22 minutes. Uh, uh, and then, like, the one bad thing about their offense, I would say, is, is their 18 turnovers. So I know it's a lot of information. Uh, just take whatever you want, you want to bounce that bounce off of there. So it's funny because LaMarcus Aldridge, 6 of 17, like you said, not a great shooting night, has 15 points, but he had five blocks too. Yes, I was saving that part for the defense because we're going to get into that in a little bit. Okay, well then we'll save that part for the defense. <laughs> so DeMar DeRozan is the only starter who finishes in the plus area as far as plus minus goes. He was plus two. Mm-hmm. Bryn Forbes, really rough night. He was, a, he was the worst player on the court by plus minus standards. He was minus 16. The only player who was minus double digits. And... We'll probably talk a little bit more about him later if we're going yes. to talk defense. But he also he had a tough shooting night, four of eleven, only two of six from three point land. So uh, the the weirdest part to me is Trey Lyles is not only starting, but he is he's getting twenty four twenty five minutes a game, and there are times when he's not really doing a whole lot. Granted, he had four assists and eight rebounds, but he doesn't score. He had two turnovers, and I and I'm wondering, and we're gonna end up talking about this later. You know, when does when do Damari Carroll 
and Lonnie Walker get more playing time. Granted, Lonnie Walker doesn't really play that position, but Damari Carroll could fit into Trey Lyle's position as it stands now. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about more of that later, but I just thought that was something interesting. I, when, when the Spurs signed Trey Lyles, I honestly did not believe that one, he would be starting and two, he would be getting all these minutes because he was kind of a last second addition. They, they signed him because they got screwed on the Davis Bertans deal and the, and the Marcus Morris thing. So I, I, just was not expecting Trey Lyles to play this many minutes. And I think that's part of why some other guys aren't playing minutes and why a lot of people are upset, even at 3-0, that we're not seeing Lonnie Walker and Damari Carroll. So, yeah, uh, oh, go ahead. No, that was, I mean, it was, that that was mostly it. It was just, it's just been a very, it's been some bizarre rotations that people weren't expecting. What did you think about um, Derek White? You know, one thing Pop said was that he finally looked like Derek. You know, the Derek from last year is what kind of his comments. And Derek even said, you know, it has been an adjustment for him coming off the bench. Um, The first few games, he's been a little bit tentative. Um, I know in the preseason, he could never get into a rhythm. He was having a terrible shooting percentage in the preseason. But last night, he was really aggressive. He looked like that Derek that we saw in that playoff series against Denver at moments when he was constantly using his, um, you know, he's very sneaky. Not not as, because, you know, he, he's just a very relaxed kind of player. And, and uh, you know, he's he's not like Kyle Anderson, who was like super slow, but then all of a sudden he would just go to the rim. But Derek can kind of deceptively kind of just like, you know, play at half speed. And all of a sudden, boom, he's bursting to the rim past you. And he's finishing with the layup for like an and one opportunity what did you think about his game and his star performance off the bench love it there's nothing to hate about a guy who plays 25 minutes off the bench he goes eight of 11 he hits five of his six free throws he gives you five boards three assists and 21 points he was plus five while he was in the game so that's the kind of stuff you really like to see and like like pop said like you said I think he's he's just now he's getting comfortable and we're going to see a lot more performances like that from him down the road. And I think there are going to be games where he comes off the bench, but he ends up playing starter minutes and they say, listen, we need you to take over parts of this game offensively or defensively. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, look, go out there, just play like you know how to play. You know, you're, you're going to have a pretty long leash, leash just go. Yeah, and, and you know, right now with with which we're going to get into this in a little bit, but Murray on this minutes restriction, it is making Derek be the the crunch time point guard because he has to play the final five minutes of the game right now because Murray's uh you know not not able to be using that time, and we'll get into some more details on why that's the case. Uh, let's switch over to the defense now, Ben. Um, the Blazers did put up 110 points uh, on the Spurs' defense. Um, you know, in the paint, they scored 46, but this was the Spurs' best defensive game in the paint. They did really well. A guy that you mentioned a while ago, LaMarcus Aldridge, five blocks in there. Uh, you know, when, when it's very rare to see a team get less than, than one point per, per paint shot, and the Blazers, that, that was the case for them, where the Spurs held them to 0.94 points per shot in the, at the rim, and that's really hard to do, and that, that means you're having a really good defensive night. So the Spurs were very effective in, in, in um, making this, the Blazers have a tough time at the rim. That was something that Terry, Terry Stotts, the coach of the Blazers, mentioned after the game. Uh, the Spurs also, it looked early on like they were going to have a tough night um, defensively from three, you know, when the Blazers came out, you know, just really quickly, just outscoring them 24-0 from three-point line. But in the end, they only had 30 points total, very inefficient uh, three-point sh- three shooting night for Portland, 10 of 33. Um, so that was a really good defensive game for the Spurs. I do, though, think a lot of that, too, was Portland just had, you know, tired legs because they were on the second out of a back-to-back because a lot of their shots were just open shots. And I'm going to dig into the data uh, after this podcast and, and look at, you know, how much of that was the Spurs' defense, how much of that was just Portland missing shots. 
Uh, the Spurs have done a great job already to start the year. I've looked at their rankings. They're already in the top 10 of, of keeping teams off the, the, the free throw line. So they did a great job there. Portland only made 22 free throws. And then, of course, uh, Portland doesn't take too many mid-range shots. But when they do, they only got 12 points, which that's not bad uh, for the Spurs' defense of giving up 12 points. Uh, leading scorers for Portland, 28 points from Dame. He went off for 18 in the fourth quarter. Uh, he also finished with seven assists. DeJounte Murray did a great job guarding him when he was on him in the first three quarters. He guarded him for 72% of Murray's possessions. He only scored three points against Murray according, according to the matchup data. Uh, then Derek White guarded him for 39% of the game. Uh, and that was tougher for Derek because Derek had a guard when Dame basically went off in that final five minutes. And, and you know, he's, uh, according, according to the data, Dame scored eight points against Derek. Then CJ McCollum had a really good first three quarters. He scores 27 overall. We, you talked about Brent Forbes' um, plus minus. Forbes, you know, basically when he was guarding, he was the main option against uh, CJ, and CJ um, basically scored 13 points on, on Forbes when he was guarding him. Derek White also guarded uh, CJ, and he scored four points against uh, White. Um, yeah, so what did you think about their defense? And, and, and I, I should mention also, the Spurs had two of their best defensive quarters of the year already uh, against the Portland in that second and third quarter. Yeah, they, they only allowed 38 total points between that second and third quarter. And then, of course, they gave up 39 in the fourth, and that's why it became a close game. But it's it's early in the season. This I think people knew this was still going to be an issue, even with DeJounte Murray back. Um, and it's, it's always going to be an issue, uh, on the perimeter at least. The perimeter yeah. defense is going to be an issue when you're playing Bryn Forbes almost 30 minutes a game. Yes, and you're you're playing Patty Mills for twenty-ish minutes. You're playing Michael yes. Bellinelli for almost twenty minutes. Th- those guys are basically sieves on defense. Yes, they, they give up way too many points. They 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 would rather try to outscore you on the offensive end, which does not always work, um, especially if you're having a night like Bryn Forbes did, who went four of eleven. We, meanwhile, Patty Mills went four of eight. That's fine. He hit half his threes. Marco Bellinelli, three of seven hits one three. Uh, it's you know, and and again, this is going to become, you know, if Marco Bellinelli and Patty Mills and Bryn Forbes show that they're not going to pick up their defensive intensity or they're not going to be able to really guard anybody over the course of the season, that's when we're going to start to see more Dejounte Murray and Derek White combo lineups, and I think that's when we might get some Lonnie Walker in there as well because he. He will get his time at some point this season. Mm-hmm. We don't know when, but he, he's going to get his minutes. Papa's going to have to put him in. I, I think Lonnie Walker is just a guy who works too hard in practice and does does things that people aren't seeing all the time. That's going to get him minutes. Yeah. So I mean, you basically you basically um, you know nailed all three points there. It was about their players that that, that they're playing in some of these lineups. So like you know, as good as Brent is offensively, and as much of of growth as he has made, and we and we've seen it already in these first three games, he's still a minus on defense. And, and teams, you know, that's tough for him to have to be the guy who has to guard CJ because you know DeRozan's probably not going to do any, uh, uh, that much better guarding him. So since you're having Dejounte be your your main guy on um, offense, um, and then off the bench, you mentioned about Patty and Marco. When I look at their defensive matchup data multiple players attack them that they get them in different kind of matchups. And so that you, you know, you can just tell a defense is targeting those kind of, those specific players and I'm um, looking to, to, to go at them on, on defense. So you got you got to wonder if you're pop, you know, how long is pop going to not try Lonnie out? And, and we saw that Lonnie did get some minutes in the previous game against the wizards when, when Marco was having a tough time uh, um, guarding, um, I want to say it was uh Davis Bertans. And then he, he put, um, and somebody else. Anyway, he put in uh, Lonnie for a few minutes. So, so they will get their chance, Damari Carroll and, and Lonnie, which we're going to get to in a little bit about Damari. 
But uh, again, it's it's gonna it's just see how long before uh, you know Pop's ready to move um, uh, away from Bryn for for maybe not from a starting role, but you know giving him less minutes and also for Patty and Marco. Um, yeah, and then the Spurs played really well uh, at the rim, uh, guarding guarding the Lions. So, so let's move on from that game. Oh, let's take, let's just do quick takeaways. So, so I know you know again, it's actually for me, in my opinion, it's really hard to, to read these Spurs right now. They're, they are three and zero. It's really early in the year, like we mentioned. You know, two of their wins have been fairly close against against two lottery bound teams in the Knicks and the uh, Wizards. And then, like we mentioned last night, uh, you know, Portland they were up by nineteen. Portland's on the second out of back to back. Yet Portland almost won that game. So, so it is. Kind of a, a tough takeaway. What are your, what is just your overall takeaway just right now, three games in? I think it's still too early to tell. I think they're going to have, unless these, unless the lineup and the rotation changes throughout the course of the year, I think defense is, the perimeter defense is going to be an issue. Yeah. Um, I, I feel very good about what they're doing in the paint, what they're doing in the mid-range area, because frankly, I don't care if they give up a ton of mid-range points a game, mm-hmm. if they're cutting down on guys hitting threes. You can always live with that. I mean, that's basically what teams did to the Spurs last year. They said, we're going to take away your threes, but you can shoot all the mid-range you want. And so I think this year the Spurs are going to, and and you've mentioned this before, the Spurs are getting away from the mid-range shot a little more. They're, They're spreading out their shot distribution more to, you know, your two extremes of layups and dunks or threes. Yeah, for sure. That That's how this league is that's how this league plays now. You don't, you know, you, you get to the mid range. If, if you really can't get to the, if you, if you really can't get to the rim and you want to pull up and shoot it, but you, you, that has, you have to hit that shot a lot. You have to be hyper efficient with that shot. It's got to be worth. If we're talking about points per possession for that specific shot, you got to be up near one point per possession, if not more to make it worth your time. For sure, and that's that means you got to be a fifty percent shooter from mid range, and pretty much no one, you know, outside of like the, the elite guys like Kawhi or Kevin Durant, those guys are like the only guys in those kind of ranges. Um, let's move on to the second topic, Ben. Uh, latest news. So, so before this Portland game, uh, Coach Pop actually um, provided some information on Dejounte Murray's uh, recovery plan. You know, as he's as he's making his way back from ACL, um, um, an ACL injury that kept him out all last year. So Pop mentioned that the minutes plan they have him on right now is called a five 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 plan. Four or five, should I say? Um, so basically, it's to get him five minutes uh, in each quarter. Um, you know, for uh, Jeff McDonald mentioned this at the Express News initially, like the, the first ten games, and then they'll see how Dejounte is responding to this, how his body's doing. You know, the, the the rehab personnel, the doctors, the trainers will all look at look at all that data and see if, if he can start increasing his workload or not. Something else that Pop mentioned was that uh, he doesn't want to play Murray. They're not going to play Murray in the first um, initial back to backs in, in that set. So, so like this Thursday, the Spurs play at the Clippers, and then on Friday they play at the Warriors. So, so we don't know which which game Murray's going to sit out, but he's going to sit out one of those games, um, either the first or second night. Pop also says that you know e- even if it's a close game and it's in crunch time, he's not going to basically hold off Murray in the fourth quarter just to bring him back for those last five minutes. He just thinks that it's too risky where you could really mess up you know you know his, his regimen and, and how his body's be conditioned right now. So he's not going to take that chance. So basically, even if they you know if, if it makes the team suffer, they're still not going to you know risk Murray's health in, in terms of his recovery plan for that. Now even on this this um this uh, recovery plan this, this minutes plan, Dejounte has just been playing really well. He's only playing 23.1 minutes. He's averaging 14.7 points. A lot of his p- points are coming from the paint and the free throw line, so he's doing a really great job attacking. Uh, jump shot, you know, it's still early, so he, it's not quite there just yet like, like we thought it was going to be. Uh, 8.3 rebounds, uh, 6 assists, and 2 steals. If he was playing 36 minutes a night, he would be averaging 22.9 points, 13 rebounds, 9.4 assists. 
3.1 steals in one block, just a, a monster ca- stat category. Uh, so what have you thought about DeJounte and his return? Loving it so far. Uh, just just about everything we were, I think, fans were hoping for. Um, like you said, the shooting has been has not quite been there yet, but I think that will come once the minutes restriction gets lifted or a little more lenient and he can get more time in a game to get more into the rhythm of the game. But right now he's doing a really nice job attacking to the rim, penetrating the defense, finding other guys, boarding the ball, like you said. So I think the, the next step for him is going to be while he's on the court for those minutes, cutting down his turnovers. And I think that's going to, that's really an issue for the entire team is uh, um, they, they've had issues the first three games with turnovers and the turnovers leading to points. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, last night was a quiet night for, for I mean, not quiet, but like, like for some reason it wasn't getting a, 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 as vocalized that they did have the 18 turnovers. I mean, it was almost just three away from what they had the, the opening night when they had 21. Um, yeah, so so DeJounte's been really impressive. I think another stat I want to point out is that he is the top playmaker, and this is something Stephen and I wondered about last week. Um, he's 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 taking up twenty nine point eight percent of the Spurs' possessions, which is really good. That that it's not no longer just DeRozan and Lamarcus. Now it's DeJounte who's actually getting to be the initiator on a lot of their their decisions on offense. So so that's that's some growth if if the team continues to keep him as as their top guy. Um, now let's move on to a new section that I, I may have to just include this in, um, in all the Spurs cast episodes. Let's, let's basically do a frequent asked question or, um, Spurs Twitter question. That's kind of the, the main question I continue to get, or I see amongst, amongst, um, of different, uh, you know, p- people that follow me and, and ask, ask us stuff over at Project Spurs. And, and that's basically Damari Carroll right now. Uh, a lot of Spurs fans are, are, aren't, aren't very happy that he hasn't played at all three games into the year. You know, they, they thought that if you look back at Marco Bellinelli a year ago, the Spurs used their mid-level exception to sign him to a two-year deal. And immediately, you know, game one, Bellinelli's in the rotation and he stays in the rotation all year. So the expectation was that maybe, yeah, Damari would easily just fit into the rotation and get a spot somewhere. But that's not the case. Um, you know, the re- the primary reason why he can't get any minutes cause, is because he, he plays two positions, the three and the four. And there's already two guys ahead of him in both of those positions. So let's take the three first. We know DeRozan's the starting three, and we know he's not going to lose his job. He's never going to lose his role. Um, for uh, you know, he's just one of the, the go-to guys. However, Pop did instead of of playing um, uh, and then a backup three is is Marco Bellinelli. So when Bellinelli struggled against the Wizards, we saw Lonnie Walker get ahead of DeRozan. I mean, ahead of Carroll. So so right now Walker is ahead of uh, of Carroll in terms of um, you know, in case that 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 Bellinelli has a bad game. So really, at the three, there's like three guys in front of him. Then at the four, you have Trey Lyles starting, and then you have Rudy Gay getting all the minutes as the backup four. Um, and then also Pop will, will, will play small sometimes more often now, so there's even more or less minutes if Gay's playing like the five like he did against the Wizards, or I think even last night he might have played a little bit like that. So I think one guy you hit on where there may be some minutes for him is if, is if Trey Lyles continues to struggle. So so um, let's look at Lyles real quick. Um, you know, with Murray on the court, uh, the, the Spurs barely have a, have a plus 1.1 points per 100 uh, lineup. Uh, with White on the floor as the starting point guard, uh, then they're a minus four point three. So, so, so the numbers aren't, aren't aren't very favorable to him when he's on the court. He's only averaging three point three points, like you mentioned, twenty two minutes. He has not made a three at all. He's very hesitant to take them. Uh, I wrote a piece this summer about how he's a very inconsistent shooter from what I've seen in his time in the league. Um, he's averaging eight point seven rebounds, two point three assists, and one turnovers. Um, and and he's done an, a decent job defensively. The only guy who really like had a great game against him was Rui Hachimura of the Wizards. But aside from that, his individual matchups, he's played okay. So I know that's a lot of information. So so what have you thought about about Carroll and where where do you think that 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 his minutes will come from? That is tough. I mean, I 
I thought when they signed him, I was very excited because I was I I saw a guy who could be your second or third option at a couple different positions, and I like I said, I just I did not envision Trey Lyles really getting any minutes. I thought he was going to be a guy that kind of threw him around every now and then in situational in, in situational basketball, and they'd say, "All right, let's give him a shot here and see what he does." Because this was a guy who had struggled with a couple other teams before, and so you know to make him a starter right away seems kind of crazy to me. Yeah, but Popovich and that staff are they're they're going to switch things up. They're going to do some crazy stuff every now and then, and this I think this is one of those things. Um, for me, to I, I I really like Damari Carroll. I love him defensively. I think he's very versatile, and I think he I, I think he's a guy who can help you out a lot on that end of the floor, and. He's a knockdown three-point shooter when it's called when he's called upon. So I thought that would be another facet of his game that would help him get minutes because this is a team that really doesn't shoot a lot of threes. But when they at least last year they didn't shoot a lot, but when they did, they were efficient. They had the best shooting, they had the best three-point shooting percentage in the league last year, despite being something like the 29th team as far as attempts go. Um, and so, yeah, just like you, uh, Ben, I was very surprised that he got to start, you know, it was in the fourth preseason game after he didn't play the first three. Uh, and we saw, you know, how he ended the year with Denver. He wasn't even the rotation in the playoffs against the Spurs. Um, you know, it could be a, a Dante Cunningham situation. I mentioned this in, in a recent article I wrote where, you know, last year the Spurs were struggling defensively. So Pop starts Dante Cunningham at the small forward position for a few games. They, start, they look really good doing it at first. Then they start, you know... Uh, start hitting reality and it starts becoming, you know, not, not a great lineup. And ever since then, you know, Pop never played Dante again. And then now he's out of the league. He doesn't have a job uh, in the NBA. So that could be a situation where Pop's just kind of trying Lyles early out to see, you know, what, what does he look like in real rotations? And if it's not going to work out, he may just bury him on the bench the rest of the year. Cause that's where I thought he would have started at least, you know, at, at the last in, in that rotation. Do you think the weight has anything to do with it? Because, you know, Lyles is 234. Whereas Carroll's only two fifteen. Carroll's on the lighter side. He's he's got a a, a body type kind of like DeRozan. DeRozan's I think two ten, um, and Lonnie's like like two two oh eight or something like that. So do you think that it's it's the fact that Lyles I guess defensively has more weight and and he can basically go against uh, more physical type lineups or more of modern four fives? What do you think about that? Do you think that's not a big big dish, issue? Uh, it makes sense. I, I get that. Uh, you have Trey Lyles going up against somewhat bigger fours and fives, some, yeah. you know, sometimes fives, whereas Demar Carroll can't really guard a five and that, and you know, you don't get him to guard fives, which is fine. But, you know, Demar Carroll has been in the league for a long time and he has always found ways to guard guys efficiently and well. Mm-hmm. He's never been considered a poor defender in the league as far as I know. So, um, I, I don't know. I guess if you want Trey Lyles in there to guard more fours and fives, I get it. But if you want a guy who can guard maybe twos, threes, and fours, mm-hmm. Damari Carroll could be your guy. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, Brooklyn had him as their four last year. That's where the majority of his minutes came from was at the four. So, I mean, it's not, it's not like it was a huge issue. And, and you're right. If those three-point numbers for the opposing team continue to, to rise and, and, you know, look terrible for San Antonio's defense, Damari's a great player who you can basically put in the starting lineup, and he, he and Aldridge can basically switch or when the guards switch on those on those pull-up threes. Uh, that's a great place to use him. I think one thing that's funny about – and you mentioned this about his, uh, his three-point shooting, how much he would help the team – is that you know there was a preseason game where he's playing and uh, it was funny because the Spurs one of the Spurs his teammates passed him like a corner 
uh, mid-range shot area, and he takes two steps back to the three-point line and then, and then launches the shot. And that's because Brooklyn has ingrained that in him and in, in, his, in his psyche, I guess. Like, Because with the Nets those last two years, they were very much about like uh, the Rockets type of analytics movement where they, they were like threes and layups only, threes and layups. So so Damari mm-hmm. playing with Brooklyn was so used to that. Like, like It's like in his nature now to just you know not take the mid-range. Oh, that's a bad shot. I need to move back two steps and then get that three-pointer off. So I think you're right where he could help there. Um, so, so I do think in the long term, I think that it's going to be a situation like Cunningham where Pop's going to try out Lyles. And then once we start seeing that that, that, that lineup struggling, uh, he may e- either make uh, Carol, the f- I mean, Carol the f- starting four or maybe bring in Gay and start him and then may let Carol get those backup minutes. But I, I don't think that, you know, I, I'd be very surprised if we get to game 10 or even 15 and, and Lyles and Carol still has isn't in the rotation or at least playing. Agreed. Uh, that would be very surprising. I, I think I think it happens – Within the next three or four games, I would say, probably before game 10. Okay, so so, so that's basically our, our main topics. Let's go ahead and do a few, a few more, um, you know, before we, we, we exit. Uh, ben, you wrote your, your most recent piece. This came out on uh, Tuesday, which is today that you and I recorded this. It's on uh, Spurs Prospect Watch, uh, Tyler Bay. Can you give the listeners uh, a, a few words on him? Yeah, Tyler Bay. If you watch him play this season, he's a junior for Colorado, playing in the Pac-12. Colorado should be a very solid team. They basically return like 90% of the minutes played last season. He is obviously one of those players. Very fun to watch. He's like 6'7", 215. He, you know, he's, he can defend two to three positions. He's not really a shooter yet, but he's super athletic. He's bouncy. He's... He he always finds himself in the right place at the right time for rebounds, putbacks. Uh, when it, Colorado specifically runs an offense where he kind of roves the baseline and he mm-hmm. gets a lot of easy looks from the baseline, whether it's shooting a short corner jumper or he gets he gets his man up in the air and he goes, or even he kind of slides in. He's right at the basket and he likes to he likes to finish with a dunk whenever he can. He, he, that, that part of his game, I like the most. There's nothing soft about his game at all. There's nothing soft about this kid. He works really hard. So I think he'd be a great fit for the Spurs. And from what I've seen in a few different mock drafts, he would fall to them. And of course it's very early in the season. So it's hard to know really where the Spurs are going to pick, but I'm kind of operating under the assumption that the Spurs are going to be picking outside of the lottery. Yeah, and, and one thing I did get to talk to you about, because uh, uh, since, since the last time you and I recorded, was uh, now that we know that DeJounte's going to be here long-term, you're definitely going to stay away from scouting point guards, right, for the Spurs? Oh, yeah. This year is all centers and combo forwards. <laughs> yeah, so so that's another thing, Spurs cast listeners. Uh, last time I had been on, we had discussed, you know, one of the positions that the Spurs aren't going to target, and that was before the Murray extension. So now that they have Murray, they have Derek White, and they have Patty Mills even for next year, uh, yeah, point guard's definitely not going to be an area that, that Ben's looking at in, in, in the draft. Uh, coming up. So just a few more promotional items before we, we exit this episode. Make sure you're visiting ProjectSpurs.com. Now we're in full 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 swing mode, um, you know, now that the season started. Uh, Steven Anderson, after every game, he's providing you, you with uh, three standout players. Uh, go ahead and check out his articles there. Um, like I, like Ben and I basically just discussed on Carroll. I wrote a whole piece on him on Monday called Frequently Asked Question About Damari Carroll. So you can check that out. 
Uh, also, make sure that you're um, checking out our, our premium content that's that's fully live now. So, so you get a lot of different databases. Uh, we have the points per shot database, the league rankings database, the open and wide open three-pointers, the defensive matchups database, the game-by-game game tracker. I know it's a lot of information, but they're really cool charts if you want to go check them out in tables. Um, we've already start, we've started to see some responses, very positive responses from from, from, from um, listeners and followers that have, that have already um, signed up for Project Spurs Premium, and, and they really like the, the cool stats that, that they're getting here uh, in these different trackers. And, um, and and I do update those. Uh, the game-by-game game tracker does get updated each night right after the Spurs game finishes. The following uh, tr- uh, different databases all get updated the, the next day. So, so yeah, make sure you're checking that out if you haven't been to Project Spurs Premium. Uh, thank you again to Benjamin Bornstein for, for joining me for this episode 558. If you are on Twitter, please follow him at the underscore Boomstein. Again, that's at the underscore Boomstein. And also thank you to Michael DeLeon for mixing and producing this episode. So... For Benjamin Bornstein, I am Paul Garcia. Thank you. Have a great day. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.